Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, with episode 19 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. Kyle Leff is here with me. And Kyle, after a bye week, are you finally ready to talk about Syracuse football again after about a week off? Because frankly, I missed you, man. I missed you too. You know, it was it was a long week off. Um, I had my first hater, which happened in the week. Uh, someone said Kyle should leave, which thank you. I also should leave. You know, I've got to go run some errands. I got to go to the trash out. So I probably should leave, but I'll, I mean, I'll stay for the podcast. But you, you haven't know, made it. You. you haven't made it until someone on Twitter says something like that. And here's, here's the best part, right? I would guarantee you that person is listening. Probably. So the, the same person who says you should leave and you're terrible and whatever is most likely to be listening, watching, reading, whatever it is that that you do and not you specifically, but the general you. That's generally how it works, right? Yeah, that um, sounds about right. So that's that's not how I operate, but that is how a lot of haters operate. If I don't care for someone's writing style, for example, I just won't read their stuff. That's pretty simple. I follow the Philadelphia Eagles. There are some beat writers for that cover the Philadelphia Eagles that I don't care for. There are others that I do. I read the ones that I do. I don't read the ones that I don't. I don't go around trashing the ones that I happen to not like, unless yeah. they say something horribly stupid, in which yes, case exactly. I may point that out. But obviously, but I, you know, I have my first hater. Uh, I'm not going to congratulations shout out this person's name. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, you know, he's listening to our voices. He's listening to us discuss a team that we sometimes don't like to discuss, but we should discuss because, you know, we love them. And here we are discussing Q's football. Absolutely. And now here's the good news. Syracuse remained undefeated against the bye. Yeah. They Let's shut go. them out. Shut them out yet again. The bye has never that. scored a point on Syracuse, nope. which is an unbelievable stat, if you ask me. Wild. Crazy. But in all seriousness, let's get down to business. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. 
Syracuse is looking to become bowl eligible. Bowl eligible. They are one wow. win away from bowl eligibility, which about four or five weeks ago, if you had said that, I think a lot of people would have thought that you were crazy suggesting that Syracuse would have three shots at getting to bowl eligibility. And yet here we are. The question is, how did Louisville get to where they are? Louisville is currently four and five on the season. They're one game behind Syracuse. They're two and four in conference play. And so Louisville has three games left. They need to win two of them in order to get to bowl eligibility. After this week, they play Duke. Duke is terrible. I would think Louisville has a pretty good shot at that. Then the week after that is a rivalry game against Kentucky. And Louisville, Kentucky, that matchup, regardless of sports, is always a battle. It's always heated. And Kentucky's had a pretty solid season. They're they're a, a top 20 team at this point, sitting at six and three. So Louisville coming into this game, probably looking at this like, if we want to almost guarantee that we're going to get to bowl eligibility with Duke coming up next week, you beat Syracuse and you feel like you're going to get there. Syracuse is coming in looking at this saying, after this game, we've got two ranked opponents, one on the road, one at home. So this might be Syracuse's best chance to get to bowl eligibility. Really interesting dynamic. But here's how Louisville got to four and five. They started off the season playing against Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic neutral field game and lost that game 43 to 24. They then that's you got to you got to Matt Coral. I mean, top QB the nation right now, whatever. Right. And. Um, that game was played in, in, in Atlanta. Ole Miss is, is a, a top 20 team in their own right at this point. They've, they've had a very good season. So that early in the season, Ole Miss wasn't ranked. Not much was thought of them. Um, so it didn't necessarily look like it was that great of a loss, losing by almost three touchdowns. But now you look back at it, and it doesn't look uh, the same as it did then. They blew out Eastern Kentucky, as would be expected, 30-3. to Had a solid win against Central Florida, 42-35. to Central Florida is having uh, a solid season at six and three so far this year. They then beat Florida state 31 to 23 lost a close game to wake forest. Who is now no longer undefeated 37 to 34 at wake forest lost a heartbreaker at home 34 to 33 bounced back with a win against Boston college 28 to 14 and then back-to-back losses one to NC state 28 to 13 and a home loss last week against Clemson 30 to 24 in a close game that came down to the wire. So that's how Louisville has gotten to four and five. They've got uh, three tough losses, similar to Syracuse having three close, tough losses. They had the three point loss to Wake Forest, a one point home loss to Virginia, the six point home loss to Clemson where Louisville was out in front for most of that game. Um, and, and Clemson rallied scoring 13 points in the fourth quarter to win that one. So they've had their share of heartbreak, just like Syracuse has. Yeah. I mean, they have, and that is a recipe for disaster for us, especially with the players we'll talk about for them, which could very much so do us in, uh, on their offensive side of the ball, that their team is built, uh, in the ways our defense is not built. And that is a, a bit of a scare, a bit of a scare for us. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a talented team. There's no question about it. They've got talent. They recruit well, um, but they sit at four and five. And, and there's a reason for that. Now, the reason that they've been competitive 
in the games that they've lost is because they have one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the ACC in Malik Cunningham. And let's face it, when you're talking about Louisville's offense, while they have other talented players that we will discuss, it starts and ends with Cunningham. He is Mr. Everything for the Louisville Cardinals. He is the team's leading rusher. He is the team's leading passer. He has 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. He is thrown for nine more. He has rushed for almost 700 yards on the season, averaging over five yards a carry, and that's including the sacks factored in. He has thrown the ball for over 2,000 yards so far this season. He's just a dynamic offensive talent. And, you know, you think back to Syracuse playing someone like Malik Willis. And while Cunningham is not the thrower that Willis is, Cunningham is is more of a runner akin to um, Jordan Travis from Florida State in terms of his speed and elusiveness. And he torched Syracuse on the ground. So Syracuse is going to have its work cut out for him trying to contain Malik Willis. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, in terms of rough matchups, this is going to be as rough as they get, realistically. Malik Cunningham, I should say. Yeah, Malik, Malik Cunningham. Um, it's just, it's not, this is not going to be fun. This is going to be one of those games where you just hope and pray. We, we make our tackles when we need to. Uh, if you're looking for someone to compare to, uh, in the past, I mean, no better comparison, if we're being completely honest, than the guy who used to be at Louisville, who, you know, beat us before Cunningham got there. The Cunningham's freshman year, this guy was gone, which is Lamar Jackson. Uh, He's going to be honored at halftime in this game. He will be, which is even even crazier. Um, But this, he is Lamar Jackson 2.0. He is not as good as Lamar Jackson is. I think that is just a a statement and it can be made. It's not even a question. Lamar Jackson was a better runner but and a better thrower. But Cunningham is him a little bit worse at everything, which still very scary. Yeah, he's uh, almost like a mini me version of um, yeah. Lamar Jackson. Like he's he's just not quite as good as Lamar Jackson, but does he's as Similar close. Things. He's close as a runner, but he, you're right. He's not as as good of a runner as as Lamar Jackson is. He was just special. But he's an he's, intimidating he's close. He's an imitator of Lamar. Jackson. Yes. It, yeah, that that's a good way to put it. He's he's closest as a runner. Um, he's just not close as a thrower of the football up. That's that's Cunningham's big weakness is he's inconsistent throwing the football at times. He'll make some unbelievable throws, but then other times he will be inaccurate on easy throws. Um, so there's, that's where Syracuse, they have to try to force him to be strictly a thrower of the football and beat Syracuse that way. Um, and I wonder how much of the Malik Willis game plan they're going to utilize here with spying Malik Cunningham, trying to make sure they've got eyes on him at all times. So that on called pass plays when Syracuse's coverage is there, that if Cunningham breaks the pocket, tries to scramble, they've got one or two guys with their eyes on him to chase him down at all times. Cause if you don't, he's going to torture you with his life. I mean, you have to do that. If you don't, you're going to lose. That's just what it is. It's going to be. I mean, I'm currently looking Malik Willis is sitting at 755 yards rushing on the season. And as we said, Cunningham's is 690. So give or take the same rate. We're looking at the same style of just, they're going to run the ball. It's going to be Cunningham's going to probably rush the ball. I mean, if we're, taking a shot in the dark at how many times um, per game. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be very Malik Willis style. Um, 
But as we know, he's a much faster, elusive guy like Travis was, as you said. Um, and I, if we don't spy him, I would be thoroughly shocked. Yeah, right? I if think we don't see someone there waiting for him to do something. It would be, it'd, it'd be awful. I think that's where Mikel Jones um, is so important for Syracuse in this game. Um, he did a lot of the spying against Malik Willis in, in the, the Liberty game, but um, he's, he's just so athletic and he runs so well. Now all of Syracuse linebackers run pretty well, like right between him and Marlo Wax and Stefan Thompson. Um, they've got guys who can run um, at the linebacker spot, which, which is good. So you don't have to necessarily take, bring a safety down to try to match his speed. You've got some linebackers that you feel like can make some plays Um but it's it's still easier said than done. Uh, Cunningham's still going to have a speed advantage on some of those guys. You're just trying to limit some of those runs, make them four, five, six yard runs instead of 15, 18, 25 yard runs. That's that's the big thing that you're trying to do. Um, and Louisville has really struggled in third down situations this season. Um, I, I believe they're. They're converting just about 35%, uh, 37% of their third downs uh, so far on the season. So if you can force them into second and third down in long situations, even with Cunningham's running ability, you can get them off the field, which which should be provide some positive thoughts for Syracuse going into the game. It's tailgating season, and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. But let's let's get into a couple of their other offensive players to watch, and we'll start with you, Kyle, with, with a couple of players that Syracuse should be concerned with uh, from Louisville on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I'm starting with the, the part of the game cutting in was not as good at, which is a passing game. Uh, the two guys I want to look at personally, uh, Jordan Watkins, the freshman receiver, uh, number one on the field. That's his, that's where you're going to find him. He's 5'11, 175. He's a little bit of a, a, a smaller guy build wise. I mean, I weigh more than him, which is wild. Um, I'm like, he's basically built like me, um, but he's obviously a lot better than me at sports. Uh, but Jordan Watkins is number one to watch. He's their top threat, 30 receptions, 416 yards, two touchdowns, 76 yard long touchdown this season. I mean, that's nothing to nothing to scoff at. Um, next for me, though, is their tight end, which is the scary one for me, which is Marshawn Ford. Uh, he's 6'2", 240. So he's not going to beat you height wise, but he's going to run you over. He has their most catches, 35 catches this year, 380 yards on the season, a 35-yard longest catch, and one touchdown. He's going he's gonna to be the guy Cunningham's going to. I mean, you see it time and time again in the NFL and the college level. If you have a competent tight end and the quarterback needs somewhere to go, those two- to eight-yard catches for that tight end are going to beat a defense up over time. And Ford is going to hit our linebackers, hit a smaller DB if someone's on him, and it's a mismatch. It is just not going to end well for us. So those are the two guys looking at it on a macro level. You got to cover. Yeah. And, and Syracuse has had struggles at times this year covering the tight end. So Marshawn Ford is definitely someone to watch. There's one more receiver that, that I wanted to mention, and that's Tyler Harrell. And you look at his, at his numbers overall, and in nine games, he has 10 catches. Big whoop. He has, <laughs> he leads the team in touchdown catches with three. 
But again, three in nine games is not a huge number. However, before I get to the however, he he's has does not have a single game this season with more than two catches in it. And he has two games with zero catches. And he has um, one, two, three games, five games with 20 or fewer receiving yards. So why are we talking about this guy? Because I'm he scared. averages 35 <laughs> yards a catch. He is the the traditional deep threat guy, not the guy that's going to beat you by catching 15 passes in a game, not the guy that's going to beat you by catching, you know, 150 yards and three touchdowns. Seems like every other play he's making a big play. He's the guy that he might only catch two passes, one catch or two catches, but it's going to be for 50 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards. And it could be two huge plays, could be a long touchdown, could be two long touchdowns. He's a guy that when he's on the field, he's going to stretch the defense. You have to know where he is because he can burn you. So Tyler Harrell is someone that I think is going to go under the radar when a lot of people are analyzing this game. But I think if you're Syracuse, you have to pay attention to him because of his ability to hit that big play. I mean, he's not the same size wise as him, but the best comparison I can think of in my head is Brandon Cooks. I mean, if you're facing whatever team he was on, if it's the Patriots, the Saints, the Texans, whoever, you assume he's going to go for 200 yards somehow in this game with three catches. You don't know how it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And that's what Harold is. He is he's going to run in a straight line faster than you can. Can you stop him? And in all honesty, this offense is scary because if Cunningham can make his passes, which he can, he, he's 60% passing, which is an awful, not great. It's a bit middle of the line, middle of the pack. If he can make his passes, though, all of a sudden you got to put, put a safety over the top on Harold, and then Ford and Watkins will beat you with those intermediate catches. I mean, they both average 14 and 11 yards respectively, which nothing to laugh at. It's a first down every catch. It's They have a system that is set up for success, and that is what does scare me, is that if we have to have a safety over the top and somebody spying Cunningham, that's a recipe for disaster. Yes. And the, the other guy that I wanted to mention is the second leading rusher on Louisville, Jalen Mitchell. Now, while Cunningham may be the lightning, Jalen Mitchell is going to be the thunder. He's 5'10", 221 pounds, a redshirt freshman from Rockledge, Florida. He only is averaging 59 yards per game, about four and a half yards a carry, has four touchdowns on the season. Um, he's only carried the ball more than 15 times in a game, three times this year. But when he does run the ball, he is powerful. He's one of these guys that if Louisville gets a lead in, you know, late third quarter into the fourth quarter, Syracuse's defense is a little bit tired from chasing Malik Cunningham all game long. This is a guy you can give the ball to and he can just pound you and pound you and, and have success against a worn down defense. Um, he He's someone to keep an eye on. You know, he's got 530 yards rushing on the season and he does average four and a half yards carry. As I said, he's a powerful runner. He's going to probably get between 10 and 15 carries in this game. Um, just someone to keep easy. He's a really good compliment to Malik Cunningham. So I think Syracuse has, has to pay attention to him as well. Now Louisville comes in defensively as the fifth best rushing defense in the ACC. They're only giving up 133 yards a game. However, of the top five defenses in the ACC, the top four are NC State, Pitt, Clemson, and Syracuse. 
All four of them are giving up 3.3 yards a carry or less. Louisville's giving up four. That's almost almost a full yard more, uh, about three quarters of a yard more uh, per carry from Louisville. So, but let's dive into that 133 yards a game a little bit more. We'll look at some of the better teams that they've played so far this season. They played Ole Miss in, in the season opener that we mentioned. They lost by three touchdowns. Ole Miss ran for 188 yards on them. They played Central Florida, a solid team, no doubt. Um, even though they won that game, Central Florida ran for 212 yards on them. couple of the better ACC teams that they've played, Wake Forest. Wake Forest ran for 177 yards against them. They played uh, Clemson this past week, and Clemson ran for 125. Not great, but only 30-some-odd attempts. Uh, But again, Florida State, another team that they played uh, earlier this season, ran for 205 yards against Louisville. So a lot of their better run rushing defensive performances so far this season have been against teams that are towards the bottom of the ACC in rushing offense, Boston college, Clemson, Virginia, NC state. We mentioned earlier that they lost to NC state 28 to 13. They only gave up 44 rushing yards to NC state who is last in the ACC in rushing offense. When they lost to Virginia earlier this season, They gave up 522 yards of offense to Virginia. 487 of those yards were through the air. Only 35 were on the ground. Virginia is 12th out of 14 teams in the ACC in rushing. You're noticing a little bit of a theme. Clemson, who had the 125 yards, is 11th in the ACC in rushing. Boston College is 9th in the ACC in rushing. Ran for 125 yards against Louisville. An okay game, not great, not terrible. But what you're seeing is the better teams rushing the football in the ACC, the Florida States, the Wake Forests, and then the best team they played all season, Ole Miss, best non-conference team they played all season so far, Ole Miss, ran for almost 200 yards against them. Central Florida ran for over 200 yards against them. So I still think even though Louisville comes in with the fifth best run defense in the ACC, there's an opportunity here for Syracuse to take advantage of Louisville's run defense and still utilize their rushing attack to move the ball up and down the field. The run defense does not scare me is, is what I, I have gathered from listening to you. What some listeners will gather from listening to you as well is their run defense does not scare us. It is, by all intents and purposes, an average run defense. It is just masquerading as a great run defense because of the teams they've played. But something we've said before, and I know I've said about 20 times so far in our 19 now weeks of podcasting, is our run offense is just built differently. And that is not a lie. Sean Tucker, for those keeping score at home, is currently number two in the nation. In terms of rushing yards, he's only behind Kenneth Walker after Walker had another 100-yard performance last week for Michigan State. He's now, I believe, 80 yards above Tucker. They're still close. They're still close. He's number two in the nation, Sean Tucker. And that's half our run game. The other half is Garrett Schrader, who, having not played the first three games, has 670 yards, just about the same as Cunningham has, having played three less games than Cunningham. 
and is running the ball pretty well. I mean, it's it's a different run offense than anyone really sees all season. I mean, the difference between our offense and theirs is ours is an RPO. Theirs is just Cunningham doing Cunningham. That is just the difference in our offense. That some people might try and compare us and be like, oh, we're similar running quarterback, running quarterback here, there. No, no, no. Cunningham's running the ball because he does what he wants to do. This is a designed run offense. And no team they've faced, even Ole Miss, they have one of the top QBs in the nation. Like at the time, Coral wasn't being discussed as one of the best, but he is one of the best right now. That it's a different type of offense, different type of game plan to face. Our run game should still pound this Louisville defense. If they're number five in the ACC after this week in rush defense, I would be shocked. And what's interesting is um, those were the the numbers for the season as a whole. I pulled up the conference only statistics. So just ACC games, just to look at things a little bit here. And Louisville actually jumps up to third in the conference. Only giving up 100, only giving up 118 yards a game and three and a half yards carry. But there's a very reasonable explanation for that. Three of the six teams they they've played so far are the three worst run offenses in the ACC in conference play: Virginia, Boston College, NC State. Who, between the three of them, you know, were averaging like 40 to 50 yards per game against Louisville. Now, Louisville deserves credit for stopping those those offenses and. Syracuse certainly did a good job against Boston College's run offense and shutting them down in in that game. There's no question. But I think that to look at Louisville's run defense and say, oh, my goodness, they're going to shut Syracuse down. You have to take a little bit of a deeper dive into it and look at the better running teams that they've played have run the ball well against Louisville, that being Wake Forest, Florida State, Central Florida, and Ole Miss. And that should give Syracuse fans some hope. And I think at this point, honestly, too, we're, we're analyzing the defense and we're looking at a little bit. We're going to talk about some of their better players. But Syracuse's offense and its rushing attack is so dynamic and is so good and is so different than basically everyone else that, that is going to be uh, the teams are going to face in the conference that. Not to say that it's meaningless to look at some of these stats, but it's just it's not going to be something that you look at and say, "Okay, I look at Louisville as a really good run defense. Therefore, they're going to shut down the Syracuse rushing offense. It's not that simple. They, They could. They might come in with a great plan of attack, but I don't think that these numbers necessarily indicate that that's what's going to happen. No, they don't. And I mean, if you want to look at it in the general like. Nothing's going to happen differently for us. I mean, Sean Zucker has one game under 100 yards rushing, and it was against Rutgers. We're in the ball 13 times. Right. Every other game, he's cracked 100. He has only one other. He has two games where he hasn't eclipsed 100 or three games total, including the Rutgers one, where he has not eclipsed 130 yards rushing. He's coming off, obviously, the bye week. Before that, a casual 207-yard performance against BC. I mean, man's running the ball like no – Buddy has before like that's where he's he's in rare air right now for su he again the discussion right now is giving a number 44 to wear like it doesn't matter right now what anyway any any defense he is that he faces unless he's facing like the new orleans saints Tampa buccaneers defenses rushing wise i don't want to hear it basically is what is what we're saying absolutely um now 
looking at some of their in on the individual player side of things, a um, couple of players that, that I want to discuss first is CJ Avery um, linebacker, redshirt senior linebacker, only five eleven, but about 230 pounds from Mississippi, the team's leading tackler with 63 tackles on the season has three sacks as well, which is second on the team. Um, also has three pass breakups, which is, uh, you know, pretty solid for a linebacker. Um, he's someone that if, if they are going to stop Syracuse's rushing attack, I think he's going to be a key part of that as is another linebacker. Who's a redshirt senior Jack Fago from Lexington, Kentucky. Now he's only 195 pounds, which is a little bit undersized for a linebacker, especially if you want them um, to be consistently trying to stop the run. He's more of a quick get into the backfield and make a play type of, of a, of a player. Um, I think he, because of his say lack of size at 195 pounds, that's an opportunity for uh, Syracuse to, you know, sort of power through him a little bit here and there. I think Sean Tucker has an edge there. Garrett Schrader definitely does. He's going to have a big size advantage on Jack. And so, but those are two guys that if, if Louisville is, is going to stop Syracuse's rushing attack, uh, those are two guys that are going to be key parts of that because of their ability to rack up tackles. And then the last guy is, um, Yasir Abdullah, who is their best pass rusher, has seven sacks on the season, 11 tackles for loss. He's he's just tremendous off the edge, extremely athletic, um, only 6'1", 235. So we haven't really seen, you know, the the 6'5", 6'6", edge rusher type here um, for Louisville that's going to be, you know, consistently getting after the passer, it's it's really that linebacking core that's that's going to be trying to get into the backfield and make plays. But they've also got a guy in the secondary that even though Syracuse is going to be running the ball a lot, that they still need to be aware of. They do. And we've all seen teams, though, in the past we've played, notably Clemson, where a good linebacking core makes up for a lot of deficiencies in the defense. Sure I does. mean, you saw it against them, that Skalski and that entire core, just they have their way at times with Schrader and with Tucker that that's what Louisville would hope to replicate is that style of defensive play against us. But as you said, they're a bit more undersized than Clemson is. I know Skolski's bigger. I know the rest of their, their linebackers are a bit bigger guys. They're fast. They're really quick. I would expect us to play better against them uh, in terms of linebackers, but that's what they would try and replicate. I feel in terms of just how they play um, on the, in the middle level of the ball. Um, but I also want to bring up another guy who you didn't discuss who was on there in their DB DB room, um, their defense, you know, as you said, linebacker is the key part of it, but the DB, uh, Cottrell Clark is a guy to look at and he's turning heads everywhere. Uh, number 13 for them, uh, uh, DB wise, three picks and nine passes defended. That's, that's the big thing to know. And I feel like you could agree with that. That's, that's something to scare us. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, Syracuse is going to feature its rushing attack against Louisville, but they're going to throw the ball, you know, 15 to 20 times, maybe in the game. And as, as we say every week, turnovers are always key. Now Louisville hasn't turned the ball over a ton offensively. They turned it over a little bit. They haven't forced a ton of turnovers, but they do have um, a, a decent amount of, 
of interceptions so far on the season, um, nine in in their nine games, so about one per game. So, you know, you want Syracuse to, if you're a Syracuse fan, to take advantage, um, to, to take care of the football, I should say. And so Clark is the guy that you have to keep an eye on in order to make sure that you're doing that. Garrett Schrader has done a very good job for the most part <clears throat> so far this season at taking care of the football. When he does throw the ball, he has to identify where Clark is and not to say that you avoid that side of the field, but if you have other options or other matchups that are potentially better for you, then maybe you go that route. That's, that's really where, you know, we're, we're looking at here. It's, it's trying to stay away from the guy that's a, a big playmaker for Louisville on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he is currently tied for third in the ACC in interceptions with his three picks so far in the season. And he is number one in the ACC in pass breakups. Switching over to special teams, because we know that two weeks ago against Boston College, special teams were very special for the Syracuse Orange. But in other games, they have been anything but. So what does Louisville bring to the table in terms of its special teams? Well, they've got a punter in um, Mark Vassett, who's averaging a little over 42 and a half yards per punt has knocked 15 inside the 20-yard line, five punts of over 50 yards with a long of 73. So he's he's got a big leg. He's got the potential for some big kicks. 42.5-yard average is solid. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's solid. Um, Syracuse is going to have to um, try to match that in order to prevent giving Malik Cunningham and that offense some short fields. Field goal-wise, and I know, Kyle, you've discussed the kicking game and several going into several games this year. James Turner, the kicker for Louisville, 12 for 18 on the year, six for 11 beyond 40 yards. Definitely not a sure thing. And so I think given that you're not in an indoor stadium with perfect conditions, there's an opportunity for Syracuse here to, to win the battle of the kickers. Yeah, this feels a lot like if a team right now is facing us and Andre Schmidt, where Inside 40, you kind of feel it's gonna he's gonna nail it. I mean, so far Turner has only missed one inside of 40, which I feel confident with. Uh, if I was Louisville, be like, okay, inside that he's gonna nail it. But outside of that, he's six for eight from 40, from 40 to 49 yards. But beyond that, is 50 plus yarders. They've attempted three of them. He is 0 for three so far. Um, so as soon as you push him beyond that 40 yard mark, I get a bit more relaxed. But the farther you go back, obviously the better chance you have of him missing. That's just a general thing. It's almost like we have that guy on our team, Andre Schmidt, who outside of 40, it's a coin toss. And that's what he is. That's what Turner is. He's six, as I said, six for 11 beyond 40. That's a coin toss. 50, 50 right there. Absolutely. So when, when you start getting into situations where it's going to be a 45, I'd say, you know, 44, 45 plus yard field goal. Now you're getting into a situation where Louisville has to think about, do we go for fourth and short? What are those scenarios depending on where things are in the game, but certainly not a sure thing and some opportunities for him to miss kicks and give Syracuse good field positions um, as returners. 
the primary, uh, they actually split between a couple of punt returners in Jordan Watkins and Braden Smith. Braden Smith has broken off a 49-yard touchdown uh, return earlier this season. Uh, both are averaging more than 10 yards per return, but only 11 returns so far um, in nine games. So not between those two. So not a ton of return action there. And then on the kickoff side of things, the guy to know is Hassan Hall. He should be a somewhat familiar name for Syracuse. He's been on Louisville for what seems like 15 years, but he, he's a um, couple of Be years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. A couple of years ago against Syracuse, he ran for uh, 80 yards and a touchdown. He's had some good returns against Syracuse. Last year didn't have a great game running the ball, but um, he's only averaging 22 yards per kick return so far this year, but he is lightning fast and always a threat to take it to the house. So definitely someone Syracuse fans are, are going the Syracuse coverage units are going to have to take seriously and, and keep an eye on. Um, one more thing before we get to our predictions, Syracuse is battling a couple of things on the injury front. We know the bye week came at a good time, allowed a lot of guys that were nicked up to get healthy to let their bodies heal, to try to be as refreshed as possible for the, the final stretch of games. But two guys that that did not happen to were offensive lineman Carlos Federello and returner Trevor Pena. We know that that Courtney Jackson filled in for Pena pretty well, had the punt return for a touchdown against Boston College. But those are two starters who Dino Baber said during his press conference on Monday are going to be likely out for the season. So don't expect to see those guys again this year, which is a little bit of a blow, not only to your starters, but also to your depth. Yeah, it's a big blow. I mean, we've seen Federello play well this year. The O-line has had a bit of a shaky time with injuries. I mean, we've had guys in the other lineup, obviously, with Bleich in and out. Surveys has played about the entire offensive line in terms of positions. He's been everywhere across the board. Vettorello has played well this year. I mean, he's the O-line has done their duty this year. They gave Sean Tucker a shot uh, of every rush he's had, which can't say about recent years. Look at just the year before that where they couldn't block a guy. But they've played really well this season. You'd expect him to play well, but obviously he's not going to be here. So maybe you see Tisdale in more. You see some other guys come in here and fill in for him while in his absence. And then Pena, again, it's it sucks losing him. He hasn't returned one this year, which I would have loved to see him do. But obviously, it's that responsibility now falls to Courtney Jackson, who, if if that last game against BC is a, a judge of how he's going to play, I'm all for it. But Pena is set there to return our kicks, our punts. He is there to do the job. And not having him there is worse than having him. Yes, and, and he fills in as a slot receiver as well. Yeah. So he's he's in that rotation as well. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, um, based on what they did last week, and what the depth chart looks like, it looks like what they're going to do is they took their starting um, right guard, who is Dakota Davis, moved him out to right tackle. Their left guard, Chris Bleich, moved over to right guard. And then Kalen Ellis, who was the reserve left guard or reserve guard, both spots, he moves into the starting left guard spot. So that looks like how they're going to uh, move things around without Carlos Federello. But let's get into our score predictions for this one, Syracuse Louisville. We'll start with you, Kyle. Does Syracuse get bowl eligible? They do. It finally happens. They come off a bye week. I think Sean Tucker breaks 200 again. I think he goes back to back 200 yard games. 
I'm feeling real confident in that one. I will, I will hammer that as my like watch that happen. 200 yards, Sean Tucker. I think we win a close one. And by close, I mean a one point game. I'm going, I'm taking the over. Give me 31 to 30 Qs over Louisville. I think it comes down to a missed extra point. I think that's what it's going to come down to. That would certainly be something. I'm going to take Syracuse to go bowl eligible as well. I'm going to take them 34 to 31 on an Andre Schmidt field goal. Give him some uh, a good moment as he's gotten some negative publicity the last several weeks, but give him some good feelings on a short field goal after uh, Louisville goes down and ties the game at 31 with a couple minutes remaining. Syracuse engineers a drive that gets them down into field goal range. Schmidt kicks a short field goal as time expires. Louisville loses their third straight game, second straight at home in heartbreaking fashion. And Syracuse celebrates um, by bowling out on in the middle of the field and improves to six and four on the season. I think Tucker and Schrader are both going to have big days. I think the defense is going to do just enough to contain Malik Cunningham. I think this is going to play out somewhat similarly to the way the Florida State game did, but I don't think Florida State will get out as far away from, from Syracuse as Florida state did in that game. I think it'll be close back and forth and Syracuse will make enough plays um, on both sides of the ball to win this one. That'll do it for episode 19 of the believe in Syracuse podcast presented by bet online and Hoffman sausage company. I'm Mike McAllister for Kyle F. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.